the Bible. From America's colonial period to her rise to become the richest, most powerful nation in history, the ideas and values that guide us, protect us, and hold our society together flow from the pages of this book of books. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Our founding documents affirm and build on the scriptural concepts of God-given, not state-granted rights, and of liberty under law. The biblical worldview shaped our work ethic, made education a priority, and birthed the notion of finite, limited government under divine authority. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The pilgrims, the Puritans, the founding fathers, and American leaders throughout our history have emphasized the Bible's importance to America. The first and almost the only book worthy of universal attention is the Bible. John Quincy Adams. But for the book, we could not know right from wrong. All the things desirable to man are contained in it. Abraham Lincoln. The foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. Calvin Coolidge. The Bible Live is your opportunity to listen to the Bible. A 15 to 20 minute reading every weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout on this annual excursion through the Word, Soapy Dollar. And a good evening to you, everyone, wherever you might be participating in the program. I am so very grateful for your being there. Tonight, we finish the book of Joshua, this book that covers about a 25-year period, the people of Israel having come out of Egypt, wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Now they have taken that step of faith to go into Canaan, into the promised land. They have experienced about seven years of outright warfare, hard fought. Then Canaan was divided into the 12 tribes, each of the tribes then responsible to go back to their land and finish the job of cleaning out the paganism, the idolatry, the wickedness, the immorality that was there. God had used them as an instrument of judgment on the people that had been there in Canaan. Tonight, the Levites received their land. The eastern tribes, Reuben and Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh will return to the eastern side of the Jordan. Joshua will give his farewell address and challenge to the people. Then, of course, he will die. And from Joshua, we'll go right on into the time of the Judges and the book of Judges. The general theme of the evening is going to be God's faithfulness. Several times, Joshua mentions how faithful God has been to keep every promise he made to them. And that's what we're going to see as well in our Wisdom and Worship segment. It's a poem to the king, possibly Solomon, on the occasion of his wedding. While this psalm was written for a historic occasion, a wedding, it's also seen as a prophecy about Christ and his people called the church. On the psalm Bible line. 45. My heart overflows with a beautiful thought. I will recite a lovely poem to the king, for my tongue is like the pen of a skillful poet. You are the most handsome of all. Gracious words stream from your lips. God himself has blessed you forever. Put on your sword, O mighty warrior. You are so glorious, so majestic. In your majesty, ride out to victory, defending truth, humility, and justice. Go forth to perform awe-inspiring deeds. Your arrows are sharp, piercing their enemies' hearts. 
The nations fall before you, lying down beneath your feet. Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. Your royal power is expressed in justice. You love what is right and hate what is wrong. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. Your robes are perfumed with myrrh, aloes, and cassia. In palaces decorated with ivory, you are entertained by the music of harps. King's daughters are among your concubines. At your right side stands the queen, wearing jewelry of finest gold from Ophir. Listen to me, O royal daughter. Take to heart what I say. Forget your people and your homeland far away, for your royal husband delights in your beauty. Honor him, for he is your Lord. The princes of Tyre will shower you with gifts. People of great wealth will entreat your favor. The bride, a princess, waits within her chamber, dressed in a gown woven with gold. In her beautiful robes she is led to the king, accompanied by her bridesmaids. What a joyful, enthusiastic procession as they enter the king's palace. Your sons will become kings like their father. You will make them rulers over many lands. I will bring honor to your name in every generation. Therefore, the nations will praise you forever and ever. End of reading Psalm 45. is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Welcome back everyone to the Bible Live. We've got a full reading tonight. This great passage now from the last chapters, 21 through 24 of the book of Joshua a historical part of the Bible. Other parts are poetry. Some other parts have to do with moral law and instructions and guidance. Remember that our major enemy in this world, the enemy of our souls, his principal major primary weapon is the lie, deception about who we are, about ultimate spiritual reality and so on. God's word is the antidote to the lies and deception of the enemy. God's word tells us the truth about the true and living God, his nature, his character, and his ways, his primary purpose for us here on planet Earth and into eternity. So as we start now in chapter 21 of Joshua, we're going to see the real true and living God dealing with this real people group called Israel. He has been faithful to them to carry out his promises. Our major theme of the evening, Joshua is going to mention several times that God kept every promise that he gave to us, to your ancestors. And now we need to remind ourselves and walk in the truth of who he is and what his plan is for our lives. Let's go then to the last chapters of the book of Joshua. Joshua 21.20 through 24.33. Joshua 21. The rest of the Korathite clan from the tribe of Levi was allotted these towns and pasture lands from the tribe of Ephraim. Shechem, a city of refuge for those who accidentally killed someone. Gezer, Kibzaim, and Beth Horon, four towns. The following towns and pasture lands were allotted to the priests from the tribe of Dan. Elteca, Gibethon, Aijalon, and Gath-Rimon, four towns. 
The half-tribe of Manasseh allotted the following towns with their pasture lands to the priests, Tanakh and Gathrimon, two towns. So ten towns with their pasture lands were given to the rest of the Kothite clan. The descendants of Gershon, another clan within the tribe of Levi, received two towns with their pasture lands from the half-tribe of Manasseh, Golan in Bashan, a city of refuge, and Be'eshterah. From the tribe of Issachar, they received Kishon, Dabaroth, Jarmuth, and Inganim, four towns with their pasture lands. From the tribe of Asher, they received Mishal, Abdon, Helkath, and Rehob, four towns and their pasture lands. From the tribe of Naphtali, they received Kedesh in Galilee, a city of refuge, Hamoth Dor and Kartan, three towns with their pasture lands. So thirteen towns and their pasture lands were allotted to the clan of Gershon. The rest of the Levites, the Morari clan, were given the following towns from the tribe of Zebulun, Joknim, Kartah, Dimna, and Nahalal, four towns with their pasture lands. From the tribe of Reuben, they received Bezer, Jahaz, Kedemoth, and Mephaath, four towns with their pasture lands. From the tribe of Gad, they received Ramoth in Galead, a city of refuge, Mahanaim, Heshbon, and Jazer, four towns with their pasture lands. So twelve towns were allotted to the clan of Morari. The total number of towns and pasture lands within Israelite territory given to the Levites came to 48. Every one of these towns had pasture lands surrounding it. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land he had sworn to give to their ancestors, and they conquered it and settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had solemnly promised their ancestors. None of their enemies could stand against them, for the Lord helped them conquer all their enemies. All of the good promises that the Lord had given Israel came true. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Joshua 22. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He told them, You have done as Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you, and you have obeyed every order I have given you. You have not deserted the other tribes, even though the campaign has lasted for such a long time. You have been careful to obey the commands of the Lord your God up to the present day, and now the Lord your God has given the other tribes rest, as he promised them. So go home now to the land Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the east side of the Jordan River. But be very careful to obey all the commands and the law that Moses gave to you. Love the Lord your God. Walk in all his ways. Obey his commands. Be faithful to him and serve him with all your heart and all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them home. Now Moses had given the land of Bashan to the half-tribe of Manasseh east of the Jordan. The other half of the tribe was given land west of the Jordan. As Joshua sent them away, he blessed them and said, Share with your relatives back home the great wealth you have taken from your enemies. Share with them your large herds of cattle, your silver and gold, your bronze and iron, and your clothing. So the men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh left the rest of Israel at Shiloh in the land of Canaan. They started the journey back to their own land of Gilead, the territory that belonged to them according to the Lord's command through Moses. But while they were still in Canaan, before they crossed the Jordan River, Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh built a very large altar near the Jordan River at a place called Geliloth. When the rest of Israel heard they had built the altar at Geliloth west of the Jordan River in the land of Canaan, the whole assembly gathered at Shiloh and prepared to go to war against their brother tribes. First, however, they sent a delegation led by Phinehas, son of Eleazar the priest. They crossed the river to talk with the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. 
In this delegation were ten high officials of Israel, one from each of the ten tribes, and each a leader within the family divisions of Israel. When they arrived in the land of Gilead, they said to the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, The whole community of the Lord demands to know why you are betraying the God of Israel. How could you turn away from the Lord and build an altar in rebellion against Him? Was our sin at Peor not enough? We are not yet fully cleansed of it, even after the plagues that struck the entire assembly of the Lord. And yet today you are turning away from following the Lord. If you rebel against the Lord today, He will be angry with all of us tomorrow. If you need the altar because your land is defiled, then join us on our side of the river where the Lord lives among us in His tabernacle, and we will share our land with you. But do not rebel against the Lord or draw us into your rebellion by building another altar for yourselves. There is only one true altar of the Lord our God. Didn't God punish all the people of Israel when Achan, a member of the clan of Zerah, sinned by stealing the things set apart for the Lord? He was not the only one who died because of that sin. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Then the people of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh answered these high officials, The Lord alone is God. The Lord alone is God. We have not built the altar in rebellion against the Lord. If we have done so, do not spare our lives this day. But the Lord knows, and let all Israel know too, that we have not built an altar for ourselves to turn away from the Lord, nor will we use it for our burnt offerings or grain offerings or peace offerings. If we have built it for this purpose, may the Lord himself punish us. We have built this altar because we fear that in the future your descendants will say to ours, What right do you have to worship the Lord, the God of Israel? The Lord has placed the Jordan River as a barrier between our people and your people. You have no claim to the Lord, and your descendants may make our descendants stop worshiping the Lord. So we decided to build the altar, not for burnt sacrifices, but as a memorial. It will remind our descendants and your descendants that we too have the right to worship the Lord at His sanctuary with our burnt offerings, sacrifices, and peace offerings then your descendants will not be able to say to ours, You have no claim to the Lord. If they say this, our descendants can reply, Look at this copy of the Lord's altar that our ancestors made. It is not for burnt offerings or sacrifices. It is a reminder of the relationship both of us have with the Lord. Far be it from us to rebel against the Lord or turn away from Him by building our own altar for burnt offerings, grain offerings, or sacrifices. Only the altar of the Lord our God that stands in front of the tabernacle may be used for that purpose. When Phinehas the priest and the high officials heard this from the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they were satisfied. Phinehas, son of Eleazar the priest, replied to them, Today we know the Lord is among us, because you have not sinned against the Lord as we thought. Instead, you have rescued Israel from being destroyed by the Lord. Then Phinehas, son of Eleazar the priest, and the ten high officials left the tribes of Reuben and Gad in Gilead and returned to the land of Canaan to tell the Israelites what had happened. And all the Israelites were satisfied and praised God and spoke no more of war against Reuben and Gad. The people of Reuben and Gad named the altar Witness, for they said, It is a witness between us and them that the Lord is our God too. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Joshua 23. The years passed, and the Lord had given the people of Israel rest from all their enemies. Joshua, who was now very old, called together all the elders, leaders, judges, and officers of Israel. 
He said to them, I am an old man now. You have seen everything the Lord your God has done for you during my lifetime. The Lord your God has fought for you against your enemies. I have allotted to you as an inheritance all the land of the nations yet unconquered, as well as the land of those we have already conquered, from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. This land will be yours, for the Lord your God will drive out all the people living there now. You will live there instead of them, just as the Lord your God promised you. So be strong. Be very careful to follow all the instructions written in the book of the law of Moses. Do not deviate from them in any way. Make sure you do not associate with the other people still remaining in the land. Do not even mention the names of their gods, much less swear by them or worship them. But be faithful to the Lord your God, as you have done until now. For the Lord has driven out great and powerful nations for you, and no one has yet been able to defeat you. Each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemy, for the Lord your God fights for you, just as he has promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away from him and intermarry with the survivors of these nations remaining among you, then know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive them out from your land. Instead, they will be a snare and a trap to you, a pain in your side and a thorn in your eyes, and you will be wiped out from this good land the Lord your God has given you. Soon I will die, going the way of all the earth. Deep in your hearts you know that every promise of the Lord your God has come true. Not a single one has failed. But as surely as the Lord your God has given you the good things he promised, he will also bring disaster on you if you disobey him. He will completely wipe you out from this good land he has given you. If you break the covenant of the Lord your God by worshiping and serving other gods, his anger will burn against you, and you will quickly be wiped out from the good land he has given you. Joshua 24 Then Joshua summoned all the people of Israel to Shechem, along with their elders, leaders, judges, and officers. So they came and presented themselves to God. Joshua said to the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River, and they worshipped other gods. But I took your ancestor Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him into the land of Canaan. I gave him many descendants through his son Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I gave the hill country of Seir, while Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I brought terrible plagues on Egypt, and afterward I brought you out as a free people. But when your ancestors arrived at the Red Sea, the Egyptians chased after you with chariots and horses. When you cried out to the Lord, I put darkness between you and the Egyptians. I brought the sea crashing down on the Egyptians, drowning them. With your very own eyes you saw what I did. Then you lived in the wilderness for many years. Finally, I brought you into the land of the Amorites on the east side of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave you victory over them, and you took possession of their land. Then Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, started a war against Israel. He asked Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you, but I would not listen to him. Instead, I made Balaam bless you, and so I rescued you from Balak. When you crossed the Jordan River and came to Jericho, the men of Jericho fought against you. There were also many others who fought you, including the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I gave you victory over them, and I sent hornets ahead of you to drive out the two kings of the Amorites. 
It was not your swords or bows that brought you victory. I gave you land you had not worked for, and I gave you cities you did not build, the cities in which you are now living. I gave you vineyards and olive groves for food, though you did not plant them. So honor the Lord and serve Him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. The people replied, We would never forsake the Lord and worship other gods. For the Lord our God is the one who rescued us and our ancestors from slavery in the land of Egypt. He performed mighty miracles before our very eyes. As we traveled through the wilderness among our enemies, He preserved us. It was the Lord who drove out the Amorites and the other nations living here in the land. So we too will serve the Lord, for He alone is our God. Then Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord, for He is a holy and jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve other gods, He will turn against you and destroy you, even though He has been so good to you. But the people answered Joshua, saying, No, we are determined to serve the Lord. You are accountable for this decision, Joshua said. You have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, they replied, we are accountable. All right then, Joshua said, destroy the idols among you and turn your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God. We will obey him alone. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day at Shechem committing them to a permanent and binding contract between themselves and the Lord. Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. As a reminder of their agreement, he took a huge stone and rolled it beneath the oak tree beside the tabernacle of the Lord. Joshua said to all the people, This stone has heard everything the Lord said to us. It will be a witness to testify against you if you go back on your word to God. Then Joshua sent the people away, each to his own inheritance. Soon after this, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the land he had inherited at Timnath-serah, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gosh. Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the leaders who outlived him, those who had personally experienced all that the Lord had done for Israel. The bones of Joseph, which the Israelites had brought along with them when they left Egypt, were buried at Shechem in the parcel of ground Jacob had bought from the sons of Hamor for 100 pieces of silver. This land was located in the territory allotted to the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, the descendants of Joseph. Eleazar, son of Aaron, also died. He was buried in the hill country of Ephraim in the town of Gibeah, which had been given to his son Phinehas. End of reading Joshua 21:20 through 24:33. You're listening to the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Dramatic passage that we've read tonight. 
the final chapters of the book of Joshua, the final message that Joshua delivers to the people of Israel. What a tremendous leader Joshua turns out to be. He and Caleb are the only two of the spies that were initially sent 40 years before almost into the land of Canaan, and they came back with the message of hope and the message of faith. Let's go into the land. God will give us the land. Well, they did not obey that. They followed the advice of the 10 other spies, and they suffered the consequences of that. But Caleb and Joshua, these two spiritual giants, helped give leadership to the people of Israel in this time of great danger, great loss. War is always a time of high tension and risk. So in this moment, the people of Israel are very devout. They are very dependent upon God. They have personally seen the faithfulness of God. You can tell in the passage we read tonight, there is a sincerity, there is a seriousness about following God. So much so that when the tribes that are on the eastern side of the Jordan, Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, when they built this altar that was simply going to be a memorial that, look, we worship the same God as you, they mistook it that they were establishing another place of worship. They were disobeying the command of God through Moses, and they were prepared to go to war. Of course, these tribes answered back and said, no, that's not the truth at all. We know that there's only one place to worship. This is just a memorial so that we would remember not only our generation, but the generation in the future, that we worship the same God as you, that we are both the people of the true and living God. What a moment there, a very risky moment, but it shows the seriousness and the dedication, the devotion that the people had to honoring the true and living God. We're told over and over in this passage to worship no other God. Check these out in your own life. Are you acknowledging God every moment, every day of your life? Are you admiring him? Are you growing in your love and your devotion to God? And finally, are you exhibiting and expressing your trust in God by obeying his commands? Increasingly, we are not. As a nation, as the people of God here in America, we are doing the same thing that we're going to see Israel do, walking away from God, forgetting his faithfulness, following after other gods. And we will, of course, see the same consequences they saw. Well, there you have it, this dramatic time in the life of the people of Israel. Joshua and Eleazar die, but not before laying before the people the fundamentals of what it means to have faith in God. We are to honor and serve the true and living God alone in our lives and in our society. And this is based on a choice to obey Him instead of following after other gods. Worship means to acknowledge God, to admire Him, and to obey Him. The people of Israel eventually will turn from this position of faith to denying God, following after other gods and other priorities in disobeying His commands and instructions, which lead to a tremendous time of, of failing, a tremendous time of shame, a tremendous time of suffering for them as a people, as a country. Well, we'll follow it as we continue on into the book of Judges next The Bible time. Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndall Haas Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, 
thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Start today and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.